Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, Oilers win a tough game against Los Angeles with a calm, mature approach. Everything looks fine but the weather. And yet, people are mad at Evan Bouchard. We're going to talk about that today. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcast after the fact. We also tweet it out. You can text or call us 1-833-401-1440. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%. Cash discounts and more remaining on the 2023 Sierra Halftons. Plus, cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. Wolf gmcbuick.com uh, you can reach us on twitter at low tide at donovan paulson and at declan kruger our guest today daniel nugent bowman at the athletic to talk about the win versus the kings mcdavid's apples and the trade deadline zach lang from blue jays nation and of course your comments and with that we say hello to our friend uh declan kruger how yes, are you sir i'm doing excellent how are you big oilers w last night totally. uh, Heat one as well so i'm yeah. in an extra good mood four in a row for the heat oilers obviously looking like they're putting things together a little bit uh, we'll get into that a lot more but i'm doing well thank there you for you asking. Come. it's sunny and beautiful minus a bazillion but it's sunny and beautiful and donovan would you prefer cloudy and visibility poor but minus three or what we have today I would uh, I'd probably take uh, cloudy and, and minus three with with poor visibility because okay. uh, I would as well for what it's worth. It's just a, a, a tiny bit cold outside today. If you haven't gone outside, I wouldn't advise it. No, it's freeze. It's damn. It's really bad. Well, I'll tell you yesterday, I thought it was just snowy. I didn't know it was cold. So I came here in just a hoodie. The moment I got out of my car, I was freezing. I couldn't believe it. This is the difference between men and women and why men don't live as long because women for the most part, I don't want to be sexist here. They do know before they go outside what they're going to wear. And especially if they have kids, because they damn well know what their kids are going to be wearing. Guys, we're, we just aren't like that. We're like, okay, let's see. What did I wear yesterday? There it is. I'll just wear that. And so you put it, I have no clue what else is happening in the day. Then every once in a while, somebody might mention it before you hit the door. You live alone, right? I do. So I have no way, no, no one to tell me what to do. I just look out the window and I gauge it from there. Always try to, and I sometimes don't do. I always check the forecast, and I learned that with when my kids were small. But I don't do it always for myself. You know, know? I actually did check it today. I learned my lesson from yesterday. Saw it was minus twenty one today. Throw on a nice coat. Look at us. The males are progressing. You guys are farther than my generation already. All right. um, The McDavid assist on the Hyman goal was hilarious because Bouchard comes down. He makes a play. Good play by Bouchard, and then. The puck just kind of skips out perfectly to, Mc, to McDavid. I mean, of all the guys on planet Earth, the guy who who is absolutely going to crush you, even when you put him in a tough spot, is a complete gift. And Zach Hyman is going to score 50. It's only a matter of time. I thought Leon Dreisaitl played well. Hyman has solved everything but world peace since he arrived in Edmonton. Really a great player. Bouchard's Rockets, uh, amazing. He did look like a house on the side of the road on the one play. There's no doubt about that. Whoops man. But you know what? CC left his man and allowed the puck to come across. Nurse did as well on the other goal. So I think of the top two pairings, only Ekholm kind of got away with not having a poor moment, at least in the game. Well, and we, me and Donovan were talking about this pre-show. We thought Ekholm made a bad play on that uh, on that second goal there, coming across to to double cope with McDavid there. So what did he what did he do wrong? Because he he, he got the puck out right. Uh, well, yes, he got the puck out and initially, then, yeah. initially, and then obviously the Kings start to come turned in. Turned it over, yeah. T- it, they turned it over, and then the Kings come in the zone. Uh, Roy, it was Roy that walks Bouchard. Yeah. And then McDavid's already on Roy, 
and then Ekholm already just goes over and like by that point Roy had made the pass to Kopitar. Yeah, and oh, Ekholm, Kopitar Ekholm fully dedicates to just pressuring Roy, and then Kopitar and and Laferriere. He probably didn't see him then. Right? Yeah, I, I don't no. know. Like in all honesty, he was in a really tough spot. Regardless, well, you need Bouchard to delay. That's the yeah. big thing. Yeah. That was, was the big Bouch thing. on that play. Yeah. Of course, the, the zone entries are an issue. CC is bad at them, and and Bouchard, like I, I Bouchard was a big part of the winning the game. So let's review here. And mistakes do happen. I'm so happy the coach mentioned that yesterday. Everybody expects these defensemen to be perfect, but. So we'll we'll give Kulak. Uh, I can't give Deharnay because Deharnay made some mistakes last night too. So I guess Kulak is the the golden boy today. So no doubt he'll get traded. That's the way it works. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, Donovan? I'll start with you. Any thoughts on the game? Any overriding you know thing that you can take away from that game? Well, what you can take away from that game first and foremost is they they showed up. They 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 did show up and against a good team. Uh, nonetheless, so that's exactly what you wanted to see them them show up when they needed to. Like I, I think that was a huge, huge game that they needed to show up for, and and they did. So we can't be too mad. Other than I, I can see the text lines already firing away at Evan Bouchard. So I don't. I think if you're going to find fault with, I think Cece's game was poorer than Bouchard's last night. Bouchard saved the day with his offense. I think overall Cece had a worse game than Evan Bouchard. I don't think you can argue that because of Bouchard's two points but I think Bouchard had the most glaring air of the night like I said he rectified it with his two points and with his great goal on that Hyman screen phenomenal shot I mean the way he can get that clapper on net is accurate and hard it's crazy yeah he does that incredibly well overall I this is pure speculation but on Hyman's goal there I I was looking at it thinking, like, why is Connor McDavid not shooting this? Now, obviously, I said this yesterday. He's an incredible facilitator, maybe one of the best we've ever seen. He's going to find the guy with the hot hand. He's going to find the guy who scores. But that just looked, when you're a guy like Connor McDavid, that was right in the slot, prime shooting area. He didn't take the shot. So I, I wonder if there's a little bit of hesitancy with him. We got the dub. Connor's up to 10 games played here without a goal, 23 assists. Incredible numbers, incredible clip. Bouchard. Listen, I would have liked him to play a little bit better on that one goal, but he had two points he made up for it. I'm happy we got the win. I I would say I still think McDavid may not have the torque on his shot that he would have a year ago. I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm just saying maybe there's a lingering problem. One thing that that didn't get mentioned a lot that I saw today, uh, Skinner saves on the penalty kill. They had a back-to-back penalty kill a period of time of uh, three on five, and he was money. And I know a lot of people are down on Skinner. I am not. And I thought that he should get a little bit of uh, uh, positive attention there. Uh, it was a good game. I think Corey Perry's kind of hit a wall a little bit. Warren Fogel was a little bit unlucky. Uh, I liked McLeod's performance, although it didn't show up as, as goals or anything like you that. you got to score that one on yeah. that one play. Oh, yeah. you got to score that. But he's getting there, right? He's getting yep. the opportunities. Um I think the orders are. I don't, I'm not saying they're rolling again, but I think that as we've talked about, it, it was a huge game. And now, if the Toronto Maple Leafs could just do the orders one little, little pinky finger favor, would it be to win against Vegas tonight? Oh, c- certainly. I mean, let's do if that. If we're doing right? one little pinky favor, right. that would be the one. Sure, we can ask for bigger favors down the road. We should, but we'll take that one tonight because yeah. it's Toronto. They, you know, get everything. Uh, trade deadline targets have they changed at all? I, I still think Tanev is a guy who. The reason why I don't think Tanev's coming here is because if you're Chris Conroy and you're a new GM and you're just starting out and you want to be there for 15 years, do you really want to crown your provincial rival king and get them the Stanley Cup? I don't think you do. I don't think Tanev's coming here. 
I yeah, I don't think Tanev's coming here either. I think Tanev is an upgrade on CC. I don't think it's some massive upgrade that you know it's like not like you're trading for a Nick Lidstrom s defenseman. But I I do think Tanev is an upgrade on CC. But I don't think he's come here simply because I think a package for Tanev would be too much for what the Oilers would want to give up in that scenario. I think it would be too much of an ask because it's Calgary. Mm. And I don't think Tanev is such a monumental upgrade over CC that it makes sense beyond you know any any decision making for the Oilers to do it. I, I, I wish like I've looked cause I want to write, I, I would like to write an article for the athletic that goes hidden gem waiting in fill in the blank, Columbus, San Jose for the Oilers to acquire. And there just isn't one guys, the guys that, that you would acquire are like Walker. Walker's a very good player, but your your the style fit is not ideal. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying they're not going to make a trade for a defenseman. I know they are. But I don't think it's going to be Tanev, and if it isn't, it's probably a number seven guy, and then that means that they're likely going to go after a, a winger of note. Yeah. What about Sean Walker? I just talked about Sean Walker. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm embarrassed. It's a comedy. I'm embarrassed. I'm a, I, was, I was reading I just think something. his style is a little bit... Um, you know what? Let's just move on. Let's well, rewind and reverse <laughs> this, because I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. Well, you know, I mean... It's a lot. You know, you're there. You're on the show. I'm talking. I'm rambling away. You know. have thoughts. I have a mirror you know. here. I'm trying to fix my hair and everything. Shoe goes on. Shoe goes off. It's a lot going on here. There's no doubt about it. Well, listen, that just shot my confidence for the next hour and 49 <laughs> minutes. So I'm going to quiet down a little bit. But I didn't say Sean Walker. I just said Walker. So I'll give you a, a little bit of a, you know, break. There. That's, prob- that's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> See, but what if the Oilers realize that Chris Tanev is what they need the most. Like, what if that's what they think they need the most and are willing to give up, a, well, I want to say a ton for Chris Tanev, but... So a first, Philip Broberg and the 2025 second. I highly doubt that's what well, the if you're, Tanev package is going to be. if you're Craig Conroy, you need to make them suffer great pain in order to justify trading with your Alberta counterpart, I think. Well, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a tax, and I, th- I think the NHL insiders have all, have all said there would be a little bit of a tax, but I don't think it would be that monumental for for a Chris Tanev deal. But if, if that's what they identify that they think they need the most, I, I feel like they would be willing to go out in there and pay that, right? Because Well, I, I, I think he's a perfect... And you could also trade CeCe and... You know, or or yeah, you would have to, have to trade CC. You could re- get back some of those assets, maybe a second or something exactly like right. That, yeah. And I feel like Calgary would Calgary would identify the fact that if they're taking on Cody CC, you can just trade him at next year's deadline for what a third. I, yeah. I feel like you could very easily do that. Zach Lang on the way, also Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic in hour number two. I I want to talk. I want to talk about a man named Steve Blass. But before I do, I'm going to have. Young Donovan here, tell me the first inning hijinks for Alec Manoa today, if you would, sir. Okay, well, uh, this is uh, qu- quite an inning for, for Alec Manoa. It was a little wild out there. So he went uh, he went ball, and then he went single on the second pitch. Then it was ball, foul, hit by pitch, ball, hit by pitch again, grounded to double play, ball, swinging strike, two-run double, swinging strike, ball in the dirt, ball, strike, ball, Foul, foul, line out. So it was a little eventful out there, a little scary for Alec Manoa. Um, You concerned at all about Alec Manoa? Here's what I will tell you. In Major League Baseball history, there are times. Manoa had a lot of success, and he was the stud ace of the Jays not that long ago. 
in Major League history. There are examples of pitchers who were really good for a period of time or a long period of time, and it all came apart for them. And I, I remember so well, when I was young, many, 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 many decades ago, there was a right-handed pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates named Steve Blass. And he was part of the 71 World Series winning team against the Baltimore Orioles. And he won, I mean, he won 18 games, 19 games. And in 72, he went 19 and 8 in 249 innings. He was the ace. He was so good. And the next year, he went 3 and 9. He could not find home plate. It was an issue. It was a confidence issue. It happened to, I think, Joe Cowley a decade later. It's a thing that happens, and it's it's like I everybody goes, well, it's all mental. Okay, fine, but it's real, and I'm worried about Manoa, and I know that Jay's fans are, well, they should have traded him, but the chances of him coming back, you, I don't think you, you'd have to get a lot for Manoa to give him up because what if he does come back? Right now, though, with this pitching line, I, I think, I you know, Everybody goes, well, try a hypnotist. I don't know. They probably tried everything. Sometimes, who's the pitcher or the, the golfer? Who Was it Davis Love? Who Who is the golfer who won majors and then couldn't golf again for like a long time? It wasn't Davis Love. I can't remember the name of the guy. But he was, he was winning majors and he was winning David Duvall. David Duvall. David Duvall. And he was winning majors. He was doing really well. And then he could not golf anymore. His putting was terrible. And I don't, like, is there part of the brain that just sabotages a human being? Well, that in baseball, they refer to it as the yips, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't and know. And in if, golf. I, well, I, I, okay. Uh, well, anyways, um, if Alec Manoa, I don't know if he has the yips, but it, it is certainly possible because there's been some some unbelievable examples of the yips. Um, there was the I oh god I forget uh, I forget his name but he was a pitcher he couldn't throw to first base yeah he literally just couldn't it was in his brain and he couldn't throw to first base it's crazy so but true if, if, I don't know if Alec Manoa just has the yips or, or what's going on but I don't know how you can go from a uh, I believe he was third in Cy Young voting to mm-hmm. just all of a sudden not being able to find the strike zone one bit so. Alec Manoa, a uh, little concerned, but at the same time, it is just one spring training outing and one inning. So let's hope he can he can find the zone here and can find his game. But Alec, Alec Manoa, not not looking good so far. Can I tell you guys a story? Absolutely. Oh, I thought that was rhetorical. I didn't uh-huh. know we had to answer because I, I assumed the story was Well, it's a regardless. long story. It's right. going to take a minute and a half, so we'll be a little late for the break. So it's like 1983 or so. And the Los Angeles Dodgers are playing in Philadelphia. And it's tied 2-2, and the bases are loaded. And Tommy Lasorda is the manager, and Tommy Lasorda has two problems in the infield. He has Steve Sachs at second base, a very good hitter, but Steve Sachs has the problem that Donovan mentioned. From second base, he could never throw to the first baseman. It would go in the stands. It would go everywhere. It was a real problem for him mentally. And then at third base, Tommy Lasorda had an outfielder playing third base, a man named Pedro Guerrero. And Guerrero is the key player in the story I'm going to tell you. So Guerrero was not a third baseman. He was sort of like Vladdy playing third. And he was erratic. He didn't catch the ball well. He didn't move well. And he didn't throw the ball accurately. He was 
an absolute nightmare. But he was coming to bat in the top of the 10th inning, so they couldn't take him out of the lineup. So Lasorda calls everybody out to the mound, and he's he just says to everybody, I want to make sure you understand. The bases are loaded. There are two outs. Don't worry about the guy coming home. Throw to first base. If you throw to first base, it'll be in time. We'll get the out, and then we come in on the 10th inning. We'll win it then. It's a tie game, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Throw to first. If it's a if it's a ground ball to you, just throw it to do not look at home. You don't have time. Throw to first. So they all go back to their positions. Pitcher throws. It's a ground ball down the third baseline to Pedro Guerrero. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Pedro Guerrero. And Guerrero gets the ball, and he looks to home plate, just like Lasorda said not to. Looks to home, then checks down, throws to first, not in time. Game over, they lose 3-2. Lasorda is beside himself. He's so angry, he cannot talk to the players. He has to walk around for a while, walks to the outfield, gets mad as hell, steaming angry. So he finally brings himself to go into the clubhouse. And he walks up to Pedro Guerrero, and he says, Pedro, did we not talk about this? And he goes, yes, we did, Mr. Lasorda. And he said, what did I tell you? You told me just not to look at home, just throw to first base. And what did you do? I looked home, and then I threw to first base, and it was not in time. What were you thinking? And Pedro Guerrero says, I was thinking two things. Number one, I was thinking, please, God, don't hit the ball to me. And Lasorda said, Okay, what else were you thinking? And he said, I was saying, please, God, don't hit the ball to Steve Sachs either. (laughs) My all-time favorite story, unless it's Yole Tango. I love that story, and I love Tom Lasorda. All right, on the way, it's Hockey Rumors, Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. When I lived at West Edmonton Village in the 80s, I lived in a townhouse. And the townhouse across the way, the guy who lived in the townhouse across the way would play that song over and over and over and over again. And that was like 35 years ago. And now I can listen to it again and enjoy it. That's how long it took to enjoy that song again. Stuart Skinner is in the starter's net for today's practice. Tony Brower says that looks like he'll be the starter against St. Louis. Another big game for the Edmonton Oilers. This is more winnable. Tom Gazzola, our friend Tom Gazzola, saying Derek Ryan not on the ice. Sam Gagne taking his spot between Holloway and Brown. Uh, maybe maybe it's a, a Nick, you know, it's that time of year, right? And they don't really have, they, they, they're really running. Like, it's amazing they've been able to run with six defensemen and not have any issues. And I know what you're saying to me. Low Tide, shut up. Frank Saravalli reporting at least one team believed to be the New Jersey Devils has shown real interest in Yusei Saros. Unfortunately for New Jersey, the the devil, the uh, the Predators are, like, they're in the playoff race. And that probably reduces the opportunity for New Jersey to acquire him. That would be my guess. As far as the orders are concerned, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. But we were talking in the break about, you know, how many right defensemen are there? And Chris Tanev is obviously the big name. And the reason I think that people believe that Chris Tanev is the right guy to get is because he suppresses, you know, zone entries. He's tough along the wall. He's 
you know, physical in front of the net. He's he's a um, he's a suppression shutdown defender, and people think Nurse is that, but he's not. Nurse is more of a two way type, and there's a little bit of chaos there. I'm not saying Darnell Nurse is a poor player. I'm saying he's a good, very good player. 25 minutes a night, tough as nails. But reality is reality. And and since November 24th, these are the five-on-five goal percentages, goal shares for each defenseman. Are you ready? Brett Kulak, 70%. That third pair has been humming. Vincent DeHarnay, a little more wobble than Kulak, 63%. Matthias Ekholm, top pairing, tough minutes, but playing with McDavid, 62% goal share. And Evan Bouchard, also 62% goal share. These are mind-boggling numbers, folks. Like 52% is good. 50% is good against elites. These cats are playing against elite and certainly with Connor McDavid, but they are <clears throat> delivering goal shares we haven't seen before with other pairings in the past. 62% goal share with the five-man unit of, of Ekholm, Bouchard, and then the McDavid line. That's searing. That's Stanley Cup championship. That's a parade down, well, wherever you're going to put it. I assume it'll go down... Jasper, right by the arena. Maybe they'll even go to the, uh, who knows? They could go out to, you know, Morinville. Now, Darnell Nurse is at 52%. Cody Cece's at 52%. A lot of their minutes are played against elites and without McDavid. And you can say, well, Leon's just as good. What I'm saying to you is that if you're going to get an upgrade on Cece, you damn well better make sure that it's better than 52%. Because 52% isn't horrible. And you can't compare the 52% of the third pair, or second pair, with the 70% of Brett Kulak. Because they're playing different minutes. They're playing different times. And so, I... Matthias Ekholm popped late as an option for the trade. Maybe that will happen with one of these teams that is fading a little bit. Maybe one of these teams will go, all right, okay, we'll trade this guy. And that's possibly why this is going down to the wire so much. But right now, honestly, I I don't see it. Jack Eichel returned to practice today for the Vegas Golden Knights, had a no contract uh, jersey. He's coming back. Stone is the guy who's going to be out for a while, and it likely does mean that Vegas will make a big move. My suspicion is it'll be Gensel. Winnipeg Jets are expecting Sean Monaghan to spot back into the lineup. He missed Sunday's game with an illness. Uh, Liljegren, Timothy Liljegren, slated to miss the Leafs game tonight against Vegas. And Connor Timmins has returned to skating. He's not yet cleared to skate with the team. And... That's interesting in that, you know, as we get closer to the deadline, anybody could be used in a trade. Not necessarily bait, but you've got to match everybody roster-wise and cap-wise and all of those things. And so every name that's in play, we have to at least, you know, allow for the possibility that they would be traded. When we have a cup parade in Edmonton, they need to take it across the high level of the streetcar. That would be sick from Stu. That's a good point. That new bridge, you'd want to see that in all the video, right? Oh, yeah. I'd want to be on there. Well, we'll have you. We'll, we'll have you um, Can you send me down to get some video, some audio, something like that? I was thinking maybe we would, yeah. you know? I mean, and you could, you could like, have, you know, fearless reporter on your, on your, your hat. Mm. And, you know, I mean, 
I imagine that, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, when they won their first Stanley Cup, two million people yeah. went to the parade. Two million. And people will go, there's no hockey towns in America. Okay. Philadelphia, Boston, New York. Hell, Gretzky turned L.A. into one. Riddle me how you do that, Batman. LT, I'd like to see Colton Pareko in Edmonton. I think he and Nurse would be awesome together. Probably cost Broberg in a first and then some. What do you think? Well, I, I haven't looked at his numbers, but last time I did look, he was very good. Um, the, the, the issue, that's why you have pro scouts, and I know that's a, a four-letter word in Edmonton, but you have the pro scouts because you want to see what they're, what these players that we talk about are doing right now. Um, Pareko plays heavy minutes. We know that. He's got a 51% goal share, which is second to Nick Letty on that team. Um, and we know he'll be playing. I'm not checking it right now, but we know he'll be playing really difficult minutes. His, um, his, his relative numbers aren't fabulous, but they're not so bad that you would not consider him. So it's an interesting name. I just don't think it'll happen. I can hear the complaints already. Where is everyone going to park for the parade? Maybe if we didn't have all these damn bike lanes from Stu. You know, it's there is a there is a uh, a thing that happens in Edmonton, and I've never said it out loud, but I call it six degrees of Ken Holland should be in prison. And this is an example where we start out talking about a Stanley Cup parade, and then we start railing against bike lanes. It, you can do it with anything. I learned this from Lewis Black when he was talking about Glenn Beck, and he called it Six Degrees of Glenn Beck. So if you want to do Six Degrees of Ken Holland Should Be in Prison, you can pick anything. Pick, um, what's the name on the front of your hat? Sports 1440. Sports 1440. Sports 1440, great radio station. They're Jason Greger, they've got, they got lots of things going on. they got really interesting stuff. You know that they cover the Edmonton Oilers? You know the Edmonton Oilers should have won four Stanley Cups, but they haven't because of Ken Holland. He should be in prison. See how I did that? You can do it with anything. You can do it with anything. Peanut butter. Peanut butter is sure good. They sell a lot of peanut butter in Edmonton. You know what else they do in Edmonton? They trade a lot of assets for very little return. Ken Holland should be in prison. You can do anything you want. It's it's six degrees of Ken Holland should be in prison. That's an example right there about bike lanes where we start out talking about a parade and then it's, well, you know, everybody would be complaining about the parking because of all the bike lanes. It's a hell of a way to go through life. But Schnevich, Lawton should be the primary targets. There isn't a D-man that's worth spending a bunch on. But that's what I'm trying to say. As, as mad as you get at Cody Cece, and he does have flaws, and he is not playing well. All of those things can be true, and he can still be the best option. What, what you might do is trade for a seventh defenseman who's right-handed, who you might try in that role. But I... Honestly, I think that if you'd played Philip Broberg on the right side, you'd have an answer by now, and they didn't do it. Put the cup in the sourdough raft race. Have you ever been to that? Can't say I have, honestly. I, I don't really know what that is. Wild times. Wild times. Today, oh, this is from Gordoyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Today on the ever-changing needs of the Edmonton Oilers deadline to-do list, I think there was only one deal to be made on deadline day for the Oilers, i got to believe, to make Chris Tanev their addition. If the Oilers are to win the Cup this year, it'll be because they out-defended the opposition. He's the best right-shot D-man available, Gordoyle. Okay, I agree. But 
Chris Conroy, I don't know if you've followed his career. He's not an Oilers fan. You know how they always say, well, they've got the Oilers logo tattooed on their ass. Well, he's got a Flames one. And he's not going to do anything that hurts the Flames fan base. And I can't blame him. So if he's going to trade that player to Edmonton, it's going to be a mind-blowing payment. And I just think the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland, will decide that they will solve problems elsewhere. You know, Greg has been mentioned, you know, Nick Dowd. There's talk of Anthony Mantha. Mantha's pretty good. Maybe you could get two guys and a third pairing defenseman. I don't know. Harold Ballard never went to prison. I think I think he did. I think Stafford, I know Stafford Smythe did. I have a hard time talking about Harold Ballard because what happened in Maple Leaf Gardens is so hateful that that when we and I do joke about him and I shouldn't because it is a very serious thing that happened and we should we should not joke about that and I'm not I'm not coming down on the texter I'm saying that I do that it's something I should not do I shouldn't joke about Harold Ballard hanging up on Barbara Frum because she asked him good questions shouldn't joke about that because what happened at Maple Leaf Gardens if you don't know read about it but it is one of the really, really tortured moments um, associated with anything in sports ever. Really bad. Why even talk about Broberg on the right side when he can't even make the third pairing on his strong side? Makes zero sense. Well, Broberg, is, Broberg has played in the NHL on the third pairing and done very well. They are, they are overloaded at that spot. And I said this on this very radio station. Declan, if he was listening... And paying attention, he could confirm it for me. I, in September, was saying, play Broberg on the right side. The Oilers talked about it. They said, we're going to play Ekholm with Broberg. Then Ekholm got hurt. They started 2-9-1, and and they went away from that. Do you remember me talking about it's that? It's true. You were saying it. I was listening back then. Since now, since then, I've got too comfortable. Well, I, I mean, out. you know but, what's happening is, you, and, and it's because you're a bull. And I mean that in a good way. You're a worker. You're a bull. You're in there. You're the kind of guy people can count on. But we've got you on a new role here. Mm-hmm where you don't really get to host the show, but you also don't get to produce the show. Right, I'm in no man's land. Right, so you're like the sidekick, and that's not really your role. You're yeah. more of a leading man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm the Brando. I think so. And, and like even okay. sometimes you're the Pacino. A, well, sometimes a leading man like Ernest Borgnine will get a leading man role, like he's more of a support guy, but you're not that either, you know? It's true. So, it's true. I'm in a weird spot where I'm, totally I'm trying to are. find myself a little bit. I don't know. And it comes back to bite me sometimes. Well, I think it's because you are a little bit easygoing and you mm. may want to invent a little more of an edge. Yeah, maybe you're right. I can be edgy though. You, you know, like you could be like an Anthony Quinn where, and by that I mean, what you could do is you could, instead of being like passive about yeah. getting me out of the building, you could walk in when Gregor arrives and go, boy, Al's been drinking again. I'll make sure to, you know. I'll make sure to spray something in there so you don't have to deal with the fumes, but it's pretty bad. But I don't want you out of the building, though. No, but you know I, what I mean? Like I, I told you before, I don't want to be the cleaning guy, and you told no, me that's my next role. <laughs> so you know, yeah, Maybe I'll start very subtly laying down those <laughs> clues, but nothing, nothing yet. LT, Broberg is way better than people are giving him credit. People are giving him credit for Holloway and Broberg need to be untouchable for this era of Oilers unless they're getting something great back. Everyone needs to be value dollars 
Well, I think I think I don't know if Holloway is going to score, but I think he will. And he can certainly skate, and he can, you know, he's he's coming along. And I think Broberg's the same guy. And I think that Ken Holland believes that. I think he does believe in those two players. The problem now is the clock is ticking. I've got news for you. The trade deadline, after the trade deadline, I, I think that we're going to see the transition start. So this is like Ken Holland's last shot, unless they're going to hire him for another year and transition with the new AGM. And that could happen because Steve Steos is no longer in the organization, and I think that was the ascension plan. I've talked too long, and we do have a guest next, and we don't want to hold him up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball with Zach Lang from Blue Jays Nation. Jays, they had a a terrible story that I think is going to turn out okay. We'll talk about that this morning. We'll also talk about Manoa's oiling as well. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. Can we even say tight-fitting jeans anymore? I'm not sure we can. You wear them pretty loose. Well, so I it's was, not fitting for you. You got the 70s boot I was, cut thing going on. I was going to work tight fitting jeans and Zach Lang into a sentence, but I I felt like it was a bridge too far. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see that. You can't make everything work, right? You do well, a pretty good job. I mean, sometimes it's just not meant to be. I think he likes me, and I don't want to send it in a direction that either he's uncomfortable or would be angry about. So we'll just say hello to Zach Lang. How many how many job titles do you have over there? A lot, yeah. I've got a lot. None of them related to jeans, though. So uh, we do try and keep that separate. So yeah. Well, uh, do you like? Do you wear jeans, or do you wear? Are you at the point where you're wearing like uh, running shorts? What do you wear at work? Uh, that's a great question. Well, uh, a lot of the work that I do, I, I work from home, right? So I get to work out of my sweatpants a lot, and that's pretty nice. Um, but you know what? Sometimes I like to break out a nice little pair of khakis um, when I'm going into the office. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a jeans guy. Mm. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm not a big jeans guy. I haven't been for most of my life. Uh, and then, of course, you know, when it gets to zero degrees and warmer, then it's short season. And, and in the summertime, it's, it's short all the time. Well, and sweatpants can be dressy. You know, they can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can you can dress up shorts for sure. But, I mean, uh, you know, since I'm not down around the rink or anything like that, I don't have to do a whole lot of dressing up. So that's kind of the one nice thing about the gig that I got right now. So let's start with Alec Manoa. And, like, I like him, and, and I, I I cheer for him. But I we saw your, your I guess, second inning where he was actually throwing – and hitting people and God knows what else was happening. And that's the kind of thing you didn't want to see. Um, where are we with him? How much hope is there for him, you know, pitching 150 innings this year? Well, I think there's there's definitely hope for it. Um, I mean, last year was obviously a disaster for so many reasons for Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is the first spring training appearance of the year for him. So I'm personally not putting a whole lot of stock into, you know, his performance. He didn't seem to have, you know, any control this season, uh, today. Uh, you know, he hit three batters, allowed a couple of uh, doubles on some sliders today. 
Uh, he threw 17 of his 38 pitches for strikes, which isn't really a great number. The one nice thing, however, is that he was his velocity was looking really good. His forcing fastball was up around 95, 96 miles an hour. And he said after his start today that that's one thing that he actually was really happy with with his performance. Uh, last year, he said he felt like he was chasing velocity a lot, and it kind of lost. He kind of lost his control. Uh, in the wake. So for him to be able to have the velocity now and be able to focus in on getting the control of those pitches, um, I, I think that's a, a pretty nice way to start. Zach, you've been all over this story and it's a, a you know, it's, it's really a sad one. And, uh, you know, we hope everything works out, but Eric Swanson's son, Toby, uh, is in critical condition uh, after being struck by a car on Sunday. I know you've been on the story. What's the situation? What's the latest news on it? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so Eric Swanson's son was um, unfortunately hit by an SUV outside of a hotel in Clearwater Beach on Sunday. He was airlifted to hospital in life-threatening condition. He's been since upgraded to you know critical condi- condition, which is great news. But uh, yeah, sad and scary situation all around. It sounds like um, you know big picture, you know his, his boy is going to be okay here. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Eric Swanson is going to be away from the team for a while. And you know what, he was great for the Jays last year since they kind of brought him on. Um, you know he allowed 22 earned runs across 66 and two thirds innings. Um, he was a big part of that bullpen last season. So, but you know that's obviously not the important part of this story here it's it's the fact that uh you know our thoughts and everybody's thoughts are are with uh him and his family about his son right now yeah and it's you know nothing else matters at all uh so in the context of of you know any sport that young man is what we're thinking about right now and i know you'll update people uh as the day uh goes along in terms of the jays uh, i think they're tied for a piece with the tigers right now and they've had I think every game has been at least a little bit high scoring, although they did win 8-4 against the Pirates yesterday. When do you start taking these? It seems like they're starting earlier every year. When do you start taking these games seriously, like in terms of, you know, who's doing well, who's slumping, who might make the team? I mean, I think you're probably looking in the back half of spring training is when things start to get really serious, right? I mean, these early on games here, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys shuffled through in these games, a lot of different players getting at bats, you know, a lot of the depth organization pieces. And this is where, you know, you can have great moments for some of these guys. You know, they get a chance to come up and, you know, take some swings with the Blue Jays uniform on and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, once you kind of get into that last week or two of spring training, um, you know, leading up to, to opening day, that's when things really start to pick up. And you start to get a better idea of, you know, what the lineup could look like or, you know, who's hot, who's not, um, anybody that you're concerned with. Um, so, you know, we still got a little bit of time until we get there. How upset were people uh, when Bellinger signed in Chicago? Oh, man, I know. I was really hoping that the Jays were going to land him. I, I still hope the Jays can bring back another Boris Klein and, and Matt Chapman. Um, but you know what? I, I think, like, people were relatively okay with it, I think, from a Jays perspective, because, you know, I think the expectation was that, you know, they weren't really going to be a massive player after losing out on Otani. Now, right or wrong, that's to be determined by, you know, what happens this season and how things go. Um, but, you know, the Jays still probably could use a, another bat in the lineup here. Um, but you know what? The early returns in spring training are pretty good. You know, they've they've racked up a solid number of runs with uh, Don Mattingly taking over as the offensive coordinator. He did not trim those sideburns. Uh, instead grow to full beard, which actually looks really good on him. So it's going to be a fascinating season to watch and, and see what this lineup can do. So Matt Chapman, what's going on there? 
Oh, that's uh, that's the million dollar question right now. You know, him, uh, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, all Scott Boris clients that are still waiting to sign somewhere. You know, I it's I think Matt Chapman's put himself in a really difficult position because it's not exactly like he's a young man anymore. Now, granted, he's only thirty years old, but in you know, in baseball terms, especially for a third baseman, that's starting to get up there in age. So this was really the offseason that I think Matt Chapman was hoping to cash in on a big contract you know, get some turn, get some significant money and get some security. So now for Matt Chapman, like what, what, what are the options here? You sign a one year, prove a deal with somebody to go back to free agency next year where you still might not be able to cash in. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a tricky situation that he's kind of found himself in here because as we're seeing, you know, training camps are well underway, you know, across the major leagues, spring training games are going on and Chapman's still sitting there without a contract. Zach Lang, our guest from Blue Jays Nation, Oilers Nation, United Nations. He's everywhere. Um, One thing that we're going to talk about as the year goes along is the fact that Vladdy and Bo Bichette are, like, they're a long way from free agency, and yet it's out there. And I think every Blue Jay fan wants to see both of those cats signed. Uh, Do you think we'll see some movement there, or, or do you think they'll... The Jays have a tendency to let these things lag a little bit at their own peril. Where do you think they are with those two guys, and do you think they're long-term answers for the Jays? Well, I certainly hope that they're long-term answers. I mean, I think we've seen Bo Bichette, um, you know, maybe take on a little bit of a more mature role as a leader than uh, Vladimir Guerrero has. I think Bichette is the guy... Uh, maybe above Guerrero that you would want to lock, try and lock in a little bit sooner rather than later. You know, the Jays did sign him to that uh, multi-year extension a couple of seasons ago, uh, riding through some arbitration years. I think that was a sign that the Jays kind of felt a similar way as well, that Bo Bichette is a guy that you can really build your franchise around. And I think we're seeing that with the Jays right now, too. Now, that's not to discredit Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's a hell of a player in his own right, and somebody that I definitely hope the Jays can lock up long-term here as well. But, you know, it's it's all about jockeying for position in baseball and these contracts and these arbitration things. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was just there with the Jays over a difference of like a million dollars, which really in the grand scheme of baseball is is absolute pennies for them. So, you know, there's always the squeezes that happen here and there. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, there's any real conversations right now about anything long-term with either of these guys, but you got to imagine at some point those conversations start to come up. Any free agents that we haven't mentioned that like, you know, I, I look at the team and, you know, it's been underwhelming, the, the, you know, the improvements. It's not like they haven't done anything, but, you know, I think we all expected a little bit more to be done. Is there anybody out there who can help them? I'm not talking about a, like a big-time bat, but, but something that, that maybe they can add who will make the opening day roster. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, the, the pickings are getting pretty slim out there right now. You know, you obviously have – you know, the Boris three up at the top there, you know, Brandon Bell still without a contract, J.D. Martinez. You know, I think where it starts to get interesting is maybe looking at some guys like Adam Duvall or Tommy Pham, some veteran outfielders who can help provide a little more depth to that outfield position. Uh, maybe even a guy like Michael A. Taylor who played with the Twins last year. I think that might be a spot that the Jays could look to potentially add another player to. 
But I don't really think that they're in a position where they're wanting to spend a lot more money. You know, we heard Ross Atkins talk recently about how, you know, any addition, there would have to be a subtraction. And I'm not uh, too up on the math on all of this, but it does sound like the Jays are pretty close to their competitive tax threshold. So I think when, you know, you kind of hear some of those things from Atkins, it's almost him signaling that they are probably done in terms of free agency um, unless there was, a, you know, an equal dollar or similar dollar trade that could be made. But again, I, I don't really know um, what's out there that could be of really in, real interest to them, uh, let alone be something actually impactful for this uh, everyday roster. I saw a slider from, I think it was Chad Dallas. Um, is this Is this a player we should be paying attention to? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting player. He's a guy who's kind of a bit of a, you know, journeyman prospect who's been around the game for a couple of years and he's got some good stuff. You know, it's not to say that he could come in and, you know, be a difference maker anytime soon for the Blue Jays, but this is an organization that has done a pretty darn good job overall at developing pitching prospects over the last number of years here. And I think Dallas is just another one of these guys that could be, you know, an up and comer who comes up and, and can contribute in the bullpen for the Jays, um, you know, within the next, uh, within the next year or two, maybe. I like the caps that they wore on opening day. Are we going to see them a lot? I hope so. Those ones are really sharp. I I really like them as well. So we'll see. I I think they're going to get, uh, hopefully they get a little bit creative this year with some of these things. Um, That's something that I always love to see out of the, uh, the uniforms. All right. Be good. Stay out of trouble. Bob's your uncle. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks again for having me. All right. Zach Lang, Blue Jays Nation, Waters Nation, United Nations. Darren Dreger. Reporting, Adrian Kempe headed back to Los Angeles for a scheduled MRI tomorrow. Extent of injury this time of year is always a factor in decision-making with the looming trade deadline. It looked like an arm or a shoulder. Did you see it? Did you? Is that what you would say from last night? I did see it. Maybe a little bit of a wrist. I, I don't know. Any, anyways, it was something something along the lines of his arm. Could be, could be anything, but uh, I don't know if that's an LTIR situation, but that would be a... Be a big relief for the for the Kings in their cap situation if he does go on LTR till playoffs. It's such a weird time of year where you're you're not hoping for it to happen, but it does raise the opportunity at least. Okay, uh, it's coming up on one o'clock. Daniel Nugent Bowman will join us in hour number two. We have a lot of your comments. You're very upset at Evan Bouchard. I'm not sure it should be at this level, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk it through on the way. Time now for a sports update.